When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you oughta, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmar, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom, Come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team. We'll talk about your least favorite team and everybody in between. And we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks postgame show powered by ComEd. It's getting easier for your business to switch to electric vehicles. Learn more at ComEd.com slash clean. Welcome in. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson. Mario Tirabasi is back at the UC accommodating Nick Felino, who's going to join us a little bit into the show here. Uh, his, the first of his monthly hits will be postgame, which is really exciting He'll be on a screen and everything, so we'll get his thoughts on tonight's 4-2 loss to the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Thanks for being here. We always appreciate you. Do us a favor and elbow smash that uh, like button for us on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube page as well. Podcast listeners, make sure you're following or subscribed, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Yeah, Hawks lose 4-2. They get goals today uh, from Tyler Johnson power play goal and Kevin Korczynski his third of the season and look the first period was just an onslaught 12 to 1 shot advantage for the Canucks and there were lots of moments in this game where you saw the best team in the Western Conference versus the worst team in the NHL and that's exactly how it looked the Canucks were toying with the Blackhawks for a large portion of this game but as has been the trend they didn't quit they were only down one nothing after that first period and they put up a decent fight and Cowan Blackwell hits the crossbar at one end it would have tied the game at two and immediately the other way the Canucks go up 3-1 and you knew once it got there that it was pretty much over this team does not really have three goals in them very often especially against a team as good as Vancouver not when they had three in their last game you know (laughs) yeah that's that's Uh, too many yes this was Based on point percentage, yeah, this was the number one, the NHL's number one team in point percentage versus the thirty-second ranked team in point percentage. Yep, and it looked like it all yep. night long. That first period was just, it was as we talked about many times, the scene from Spaceballs, where he's just <laughs> holding the helmet yep. and he's sweating. That's what it was. 
And the fact that it was only one to nothing was a miracle. It was a miracle. There have been a lot of those this year yes. where you, that first period, the Hawks are just getting their dicks kicked in, and you're like, it is an absolute miracle that it's one nothing after this yeah, period. It's, it just, you know, if this was a team that had a little more firepower, you could be like, all right, we got them right where you want them. Just like, you know, we talked about a little bit yesterday, the Super Bowl. San Francisco did everything right in that first half. Yep. It was only up a touchdown. You were like, they're screwed. Yeah. They're done. And guess who else knew that? Yeah. The 49ers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's like if the Hawks had, like, you know, some firepower, you could be like, all right, we got them right where they want them. We survive. Now we're going to go out and score three goals. You yeah. Know? But it just doesn't happen that way. But the, um, I mean, the rest of the game, the Hawks in the second period, shots were 13-12. For Vancouver, third period, 13-10. It was pretty even for those last 40 yeah. minutes. Now, when you dig in and you look at the possession numbers, like Vancouver's going to have a massive advantage, as they should. This team is really stacked, and it's kind of crazy to think that coming into this year and this summer, there was some thought that they were just going to completely blow things up and rebuild, and all of a sudden, you get Quinn Hughes, who is just otherworldly. I, I, I was you know, thinking to myself, like, Two years ago, I thought Kale McCarr is going to win the Norris Trophy for the next 10 years. He'll not be challenged. There's going to be no one that's going to be even close to it. It's going to become like an annual tradition where Kale McCarr wins the Norris, and all of a sudden, Quinn Hughes is here. His assist in this game, let's play a game at home. If you were, if you didn't cheat, just I'm going to give you five seconds. How many assists does Quinn Hughes have this year? All of them. All right. No, four. I know, I know how many three, he has. Two, <laughs> one. a lot. Quinn Hughes has 54 assists. 54 assists. I don't know if the Blackhawks have scored 54 goals this year <laughs> as a team. <laughs> I think they've done that. Yeah, they have. Barely. I, I mean, but, but it's 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 just crazy. They don't have anyone who's got 54 points. That's for damn sure. There's no one even close to that in points. Is Connor Bedard still leading the team in scoring? I believe he is. He yes. Is. He is Bedard leads the team in scoring with 33 points. Quinn Hughes has 54 assists. The Blackhawks' top assist guy is uh, has, like, 19? Yeah, Philip Kurashev has 19. 19 on, well, he got, what, one tonight? So 20. So 20. Blackhawks have assists. one player with 20 assists. Not even – their leading player yeah. has, like, almost a third of what Quinn Hughes has. It's pretty, pretty crazy. But when you look at the stats, Quinn Hughes was the only – he had one assist – the Canucks had what five All Stars? Five yeah. All Stars, uh, including them. Yeah. It was six, including Demko. Yeah, but they had five All Star skaters. Among those five players, that Quinn Hughes point was the only point. Those That's guys right. Get. Take that, Canucks. So if you would have said that in the beginning of the uh, this morning, <laughs> if you would have told Luke Richardson, "Hey, the Canucks five All Stars are going to get one assist tonight," he'd take that chance. It wasn't their stars that beat the Hawks. It was the Connor Garland, Dakota Joshua line that just said, screw you guys. If the Hawks would have just traded for Connor Garland like we all said this <laughs> summer, we could have avoided this. Yeah, we would have exactly. won this game. Dude, it's, that lazy Kyle Davidson, he didn't right. get that Connor Garland guy. going viral and not making trades. He didn't get that Garland Connor guy. It's Garmin. Um, but uh, I got to say, uh, Dakota Joshua, I know you've got some thoughts on him. He has I, been kicking the Hawks' well, ass all year. There's a lot of guys who do that. But, yes, Dakota Joshua is, a, is like, I covered him when he was very raw in the AHL and a pud whack. Uh, he still has some pud wacky tendencies. It's okay. But dude's a beast. 
Uh, and he, what, two, 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 he had a Gordie Howe hat trick. That's why he picked on poor punchable Mackenzie Entwistle. <laughs> fighting, that man used to have a family. Leave him alone. Fighting after clean hits remains the dumbest thing in all of hockey. Yeah. Three points um, for but Josh. It, it was, yeah, and the, and the fight. Yep. So uh, he got the Gordie Howe hat trick. Um, and now the Canucks are going to reportedly sign Phil Kessel. It sure looks that way. Like, can you punch me in the stomach even harder? <laughs> I mean... Look, they're going to make me root for the damn Canucks in the playoffs. Now, I knew. I, I mean, I know you guys, you and Mario, very had like dreams of Phil coming here. I don't know why Phil Kessel would look at this and go like, "Yeah, no, I want that." Not. If he wanted to be here, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he'd be here. Yeah, right. No, exactly. he's waiting and eating and waiting for a cup <laughs> contender. And look, the Vancouver Canucks are one of the Stanley Cup favorite right now. And they're going to be a tough out. Yeah, I agree. They're going to be a tough out because they have got a little bit of everything. They've got great offense. They're one of the top-scoring teams in the league. they got a very good power play. they got one of the best goalies in the league right now. Yeah. They play special teams. They play great at 5-on-5. And if they have a bad 5-on-5 night, you've got Thatcher Demko and his five shutouts there to, to save you. Yeah. I mean, I know... Vancouver has a long history of piddling down their leg when it counts, but this team hasn't had the chance to do that yet. Yeah, Duncan this, Keith ain't walking through that right, door. This, this, particular, <laughs> this particular group hasn't had that chance, and they're deep, and they're big, and they're fast. They're good, man. They're going to be a tough team to beat in a seven-game series. Our buddy Skoke says he's convinced Joshua voted for Entwistle's punchable face. It must have been that guy because Joshua was the one that punched it. Yeah. He punched it very cleanly in the first moments of that he, fight. Yeah, Mackenzie Entwistle probably knew he was in big trouble the second <laughs> he did that, but he was, yeah, reminded uh, quickly that that was a bad decision. All right, uh, if you're just joining us late, make sure you stick around. We've got Nick Felino joining us here in a little bit. Here are the three stars of the game, uh, all Canucks, uh, Philip Ronick, uh, Connor Garland, Dakota Joshua. That's 3-2-1. So here are your nominees for the fourth star of the game. Get those votes in. We will reveal the winner at the end of the game, uh, end of the show, rather. Nick Felino had an assist, 13-21 of ice time, one shot on goal, and 67% at the faceoff dot. Tyler Johnson with a power play goal, 16-54 of ice time, and three shots. And Kevin Korchinski, you knew he was going to score on Punchki Day, my friends. One goal, 19-33 of ice time, two shots, and three shot attempts. Uh, not a great start for him. A lot of not wonderful decisions, but as the game went on, uh, Korczynski got better and better, and it's nice to see him get his third goal of the season. The points have not been coming for him, but at the same time, they haven't really been coming for anyone. Well, exactly. It's hard to pick up assists as a, as a defenseman when nobody's scoring goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here's what you do. You go do it yourself. It was a nice play. Joined the rush at the right moment. Had a great uh, – uh, was it Donato that set him up? Yeah, it was Donato that set him up. And Reichel. And a Lucas Reichel assist. Got an assist, plus one. There you go. He did not play a lot in this game. Uh, he played 1356, um, 1303 at even strength, uh, no shots, no shot attempts, uh, and was credited with a giveaway. I did see him make a couple nice defensive plays in this game. The defense has never been an issue Right, this year. and I'm writing about Boris Kachuk's scratch for uh, Hawks hits today, um, and I think when you say, well, like, hasn't Boris Kachuk done more than Lucas Reichel? Well, what what uh, Luke Richardson was unhappy about with Kachuk the other day was a body language thing. He didn't score and just sort of pouted his way off the ice and 
put a teammate in a bad position, and and that got him scratched. And look, I think Luke will live with Reichel not scoring if Reichel's doing everything else correctly. And it's kind of what he's been. And I, I never thought that we'd be looking at Lucas Reichel as a defensive forward, but right now <laughs> that's kind of all he's bringing. But he has been solid defensively. He's out there yes, doing the things he needs to do defensively. The offense has to come, though, and it just feels like he never has the puck. No, and it's like, hey, if he becomes this really good shutdown defensive player, it's never gonna happen. that's great. <laughs> but the Hawks didn't draft him 20th overall to be Marcus Kruger. Correct. They drafted him to be somebody that could score goals yeah, and be offensive. And he still might. I'm not throwing in the towel. It has not been a great season for him. Well, I but, mean, look, but at look, your, look, Yura Slapkowski. I was going to say it. Yep. Was a guy that. Number one overall he, pick. He was injured last year. This season, people are ready to kick him out of the league. And all of a sudden, he's been one of the hottest players in the league the last few games. What, seven I game think, point uh, seven, seven game yeah, point streak. Two more points tonight. I think so. So, last you, check. yeah. So, yes, this has been. It takes time. Extremely disappointing, but. Hawks have nothing but time right now. Yes, and I think it would be oh, I don't want to do the Reichel show again, but whatever. No, just go I, watch be, any of our post. Yeah, it would shows. just it would I think at this point, as disappointing as he's been, it would be dumb to give up on him at this point. Like you said, you got nothing but time. He's twenty one years old. He's barely through his first full NHL season just in terms him, of games. Let him ride it out. Let him figure it there's out. There's no there's no reason to send him to Rockford now. Just let him ride it out. Figure it out. Yeah. If he doesn't get a stretch here of four or five games where it looks good, yeah, that sucks. But just sending him to Rockford now makes zero sense. Yeah, I, and I just think, you know. It, it is what it is. You just, you just got to roll with it and hope he figures it out and gets hot. Otherwise, you know, he's got a whole lot of stuff to work on in the offseason. Yeah, and look, the spotlight's on him. Like, there's very few things, especially with Bedard out, that really matter towards the future. We're looking at Vlasic. We're looking at Korchinski. We're looking at Reichel. Those are the three guys that we know probably are going to be the ones that are here when this team is good again. You know, um, and I think KQ makes a good point. Talk about Kurashev. He's more fun. I agree. I think Kurashev is what we thought Reichel was going to be this year. Yeah. And he's out there playing fast, playing confident. Uh, he's been really, really good all year. One of the most consistent Blackhawks. So, you know, it took, and Kurashev wasn't a first-round pick, don't get me wrong, but he's a good example of it took a few years and opportunity good, and finding your stride. Good role, good, took a time, and finding his exact, like, role on the team, too. Yeah. That hasn't necessarily been defined for Reichel yet. It either. is not. They know what they want him to be. Yes. But, you know, so, you know, it, just got to, again, write it out. They're going to bring him back. The Hawks have nothing but time. You know, there's no reason to just throw it out the window at this point. Uh, good point by the hockey son. It says Reichel was inoffensive viewing in person, literally, but I think it's more to do with the Hawks' general inability to transition to puck. I'd estimate there's like a 40% chance of a successful pass. That is part of it. There are so many passes to heels and an inch out of reach, yeah. and even like... Look, if it was a better person even receiving the pass, they have a better chance of corralling it. It's just, it is a matter of talent. And sometimes when you put a 
talented player on a less talented roster, it can be challenging. Look, I, I don't know what's going to happen when the counter Bedard comes back. I would be surprised if Lucas Reichel finds himself on his line. That would but not a, not right away. No, I don't Probably think so. It's going to be Kershev and Felino likely. Yeah. I I mean, and I guess it should be hey, because you have to reward good play. is but. working his way back. We may see him back here in another two weeks. Anthony CU and Reichel, put those guys on a line. And they had a lot of chemistry with Kuroshev last you know year, so maybe that's I'm saying Anthony CU, Dickinson, Reichel. Go with that. That looks like a good line to me. I don't know, man. I just can't I can't give myself any sort of like Anthony CU is going to be a thing this year. I No. Just based on like the way they've talked about the injury, it sounds like it's but he's skating, so there's, yeah. there's there. He's been on the ice every day for the last three days. I hope so, it's man. Come, like he's they're he's expecting an NHL him to play. player. Yes, he's not a great <laughs> NHL player, but he makes you not have to play Zach Sanford or, or Rem, Remington Pitlick anymore. That's that's a good thing. And yes, it is a very good thing. All right, why don't we take our first break? Uh, Greg's going to tell you about our friends at Prize Picks. Yes, I am. Have you? Heard? I lost my Prize Picks. My my first foray into prize picks, I had a Kelsey touchdown. I had, I think I had the Patrick Mahomes passing yards over, which hit. And then it was an Adrian Kempe and Connor McDavid combined shots. And I missed it by a shot. Yes. Well, that, see, that's the fun thing about prize picks. If you're not sure what you, if you've not uh, figured out what they do, you don't bet on the games. You bet on players, and you bet on over-unders. Yeah. On, and you don't have to do – you can mix football, NBA, baseball, hockey, all in the same bet. Price Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. You can win up to 25 times your bet. If you make a six-player bet and they all hit, you're going to win 25 times your bet. That's a lot. It's pretty sweet. I, uh, I, I've been having fun with the, the hockey bets. You can bet on everything from over or under assists, points. They even have for like... The Hawks, since they're not going to put points up there because you're just going to bet under <laughs> and win, and they'll be out of business. But you can bet on time on ice, hits. You can bet on goalie saves, over, under. So much fun. And you can mix, as I said, you could bet on a couple of Blackhawks and a couple of Bulls if they're playing on the same night and mix your sports. It's a ton of fun. Prize Picks offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players is injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return, Fun. that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. It's really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. Quick with withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types is what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepicks.com slash CHGO and use code CHGO for a first deposit match up to $100. So whatever you put in, they're going to match it up to $100. Play with somebody else's money. 
It's so much easier and much fun when you're not risking all your cash. That's prizepicks.com slash CHGO and use the code CHGO for daily fantasy sports made easy. Speaking of CHGO, yesterday we gave away a trio of Corey Crawford commemorative pucks to new diehard signups. We got four new signups yesterday that took the time to email us, so maybe you had more than that. But if you were one of the three... Yesterday, uh, your pucks have been shipped. They're on their way. Thank you for doing that. And if you want to become a diehard, there's still a chance at that fourth puck. We've got a puck that was used during warm-ups for the Ice Hogs game ahead of the Corey Crawford uh, warm-up. We're going to do that uh, somehow via Discord. We're going to yeah. figure that out still. But Just here's the deal. Diehards. Sign up to be a CHGO diehard. Why? There's lots of reasons. First of all, you get a fancy schmancy box you see right there. Underneath our Ernest and Bell and Calder Russian nesting dolls, you get a membership card, you get a free shirt or hat upon sign up, and a new shirt or hat every year upon renewal. You get 20% off all of our events and takeovers. You get 20% off all of our merch at chgolocker.com. It's really a great deal. And look, what, what do you mean by takeovers? Yeah, well, guess what? Coming up later this month, a whole bunch of diehards are going to the Hawks-Red Wings game. And why is that significant, you ask? Well, they're retiring number seven for Chris Chelios. Patrick Kane is returning to United Center for the first time. And guess what? A whole boatload of CHGO diehards are going to be there with us. And, and they saved money on their ticket to be there. And it's cheaper to go through us than it is to go through buying your tickets the traditional way. It's a great deal. It pays for itself. You go to one event, you buy one T-shirt, you basically pay for the whole thing. And... It really helps us out. So it's win-win for everybody. Go to allchgo.com, navigate over to that Die Hard tab, and become a Die Hard today. You'll also get access to our members-only Discord. Tomorrow, after our 2.30 show, I'm going to jump on and do about 20 minutes of overtime answering your questions in the Blackhawks Discord channel. Should be a lot of fun. So come hang out with us in the Discord and become a diehard today, allchgo.com. Again, click on that diehard tab on the top of the page for all the information there. Um, it's really great. It's really worth it. I, everyone that we've pretty much had become a diehard has said, this is totally worth yep. it. And it's a totally shout-out to it. our newest diehards. And a lot of them are probably watching or will be listening to this. John, Nathan, Andrew, Raymond, Joe, and Matt all signed oh, yeah. up. We are killing it in uh, – we have – Almost 60 new diehards in February alone. That's amazing. So uh, we really appreciate the support, uh, and it's it's uh, it's a huge help. And uh, you guys get uh, access to things other people don't, and you get our love and gratitude, and that's priceless. Yeah. All right. Uh, we are awaiting Nick Foligno. He should join us shortly. But while we're waiting, Seth Jones met the media after the game. Interested to hear what he has to say. So why don't we fire it up here? Here is Seth Jones uh, from the locker room, courtesy of Mario Tirabasi. I think that's first, you know, two games, last three games, it's two terrible starts. I wish I had answers for you. We got to come out uh, with just a lot more fire, a lot more juice. It's not for Raza. It could be four out in the first ten minutes. You know, it's winning no battles down low. They're on every single puck battle. Uh, couldn't get pucks out. We're working together at all. And, it's kind of hard to gain momentum after that. You know, we kind of had it at, what was it, 2-1, and then they score right after. And 
um, just mental breakdowns everywhere. The power play at the end of the first, are you consciously aware of there not being any shots on goal, or is it like an, something oh, on your mind to shoot immediately? Oh, we were aware. <laughs> we, were, we were definitely aware. Fans were aware. Um, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing you can't get a one puck to the net. Um, I don't know if we need to shoot it quicker or we need to have a shot mentality a little bit more and stop being so cute in the offensive zone. But, um, yeah, so I, I, I think I took a muffin one-timer at the end just to put a one up there, to be honest. How mentally taxing is it right now when you got six games where you can't get the W? Is that six in a row? Yeah, it's I'm seven. It's still seven. I'm sorry, it's seven. It's great. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's not fun. You know, it's not fun losing. Um, it's kind of been like like we're talking about a broken record all season of um, how we need to play. You know, we, we played through good stretches where we couldn't score, and so that really hurt. Um, and then, uh, you know, coming back from the break, we, just, we played a good game last game. Um, didn't get rewarded with the win, and then tonight it's just you can't expect to play 30 minutes in a game or 20 minutes in a game and win against a team like that. What happened? Um, what went right with uh, Kyle Johnson's power play goal? What went right? Um, yeah. It's just a failed clear by them. Great play by Fliggy um, to keep it in, be aggressive on the blue line, and uh, we made a tic-tac-toe play on low. He put, you know, made three passes in a row and put it on each other's tape, and uh, it's in the back of the net. How have you felt about your play recently? Pretty good. I'm trying to be more aggressive up the ice. We're struggling scoring goals, so trying not to take away from the defensive side of anything, but trying to be up in the play and, and get pucks when I can up there uh, and always be an option. So I feel like I've been moving my feet pretty well. Are you guys trying to do anything pregame to change things up to come out with more fire? It's up to each individual. Each individual's got to look in the mirror and, and, and uh, be honest with themselves about you know, their game, how they play, how they start games, how they finish games, how they play every single shift. And um, that's going to make us better. Each guy in here is 5%, 10% better. That's that's much better as a team that we are. So, um, you know, you can give all the pep rallies, pep talks you want, all the motivational speeches, but if each individual is not ready to go out and battle, then you're not going to win. How crushing was that uh, Hoglander goal after Blackwell hit the crossbar? And then this... Which one was that? Oh, right after the crossbar? Yeah. Right. It's, a, it's the uh, just how it's gone, you know. It could be two-two. They go down five seconds later. It's three-one. It's just uh, you know, it's the momentum swings that we've been having to deal with, and uh, it's just unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, it seems like such a narrow margin. Like you said, two-two. It could have been two-two. Like, how do you? Yeah, find but that you edge? know, if it wasn't for Raza, it would never been that score. So, um, you know, it is two-one. We can make it two-two, and we have life after that. But. Um, you know, it's not, it ends up being 3-1, and it's kind of it. That is Seth Jones, uh, clearly frustrated after the game. It's a guy who has high expectations of the way they perform, and he said the first period's embarrassing, and he's right. I mean, and he said he just kind of threw what he said, called a muffin of a shot at the net, like, just to get a shot on goal, because he knew the Boo Birds were going to come. And look, like, that's a guy who... Here, here's Seth Jones's line tonight for those that weren't paying attention clearly many of you uh, 2654 of ice time he had five shots on goal he had eight shot attempts he had a hit and two block shots that's a guy giving everything he's got to this team right now and doing everything he can to make things better and he went down hard in this game and got right back up like he had a couple you know it's just 
it's got to be hard for a guy who basically his whole career has been gone from like one mediocre to one bad to another yeah. bad. Like, well, it's got to be frustrating. I think he was sold a bill of goods when he got here. You know, he was traded, yeah. and then Stan. Oh, I didn't. No, no, I. <laughs> Stan Marsh told him that, uh, and his giant. Never mind. Um, he who shall not be named was like, "Hey, I traded for you. I'm bringing in Mark Andre Fleury. We got Jake McCabe. Yeah, uh, you know, Kane and Taves still here. We're gonna we're gonna try and hold this window open a little bit. And then he got here, and then it was Clown Car Colleton. Yes, and then the whole. Kyle Beach stuff came to light, and it was just one disaster after another, and then it's full rebuild. I'm sure if Seth Jones was told, hey, we're going to completely tear it down after next year, but you're, he would have been like, thanks, but no Not thanks. Not interested. So He'd be Dallas star Seth Jones. Absolutely. Or back to the Colorado Avalanche or whatever. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, so that that's – it is – yeah, sure. It's not exactly what he wanted, but the, I, the dude – Goes out and, and busts his ass every night. And, yeah. You know. Uh, BJD says, uh, Jay, you're never going to convince people that Jones isn't bad. There's some people who need to take a serious look at what it is about Jones specifically that bothers them so much. I know what you're alluding to, and I think that's part of it for some people. But I think a lot of people look at this cap hit, and they look at the output, and they say he's not worth it. They also get mesmerized by analytics wonks that tell you he's terrible and he's only worth a million dollars and all this stuff when there's no context. Yeah. There's no context to any of that stuff. I'll just say this. And BJD, I know you're I think you're agreeing with me. Just watch the games. If you don't watch the games and see Seth Jones as an effective defenseman, is he a true like grade A number one Norris trophy candidate? No. Is he by far the best overall defenseman on this team? Yes. I think Alex Vlasic is going to jump over him soon, yeah. closing that gap. But look, well, if you, if you were if you if if you were if you were a free agent at your company, maybe you had a contract and someplace said, "Hey, we're going to give you about 20% more than you're worth." You'd say, "Thank you. I appreciate that very much." You never going to say, "No, no, no." Yeah. I'm not worth that kind of money. Uh, yeah, so, and then uh, I think it was Kay's creation said that the first goal was on Seth. Um, it was a bad play by both of those guys. Alex Vlasic had a rare galaxy brain moment on that goal because he had Connor Garland let him go and then kind of just stood there and watch him tap yeah. the goal in. Like, Vlasic's got to do a little better job of, A, preventing Garland from getting in the net, or if you're going to, like, let him go, you have to follow him and tie up his stick. Yeah, and let's also give credit where credit's due. That was a pretty sick give-and-go by the – like, yeah. that was a really they nice ran it, play. They ran it great. Peter Mrazek was like, well, that's way over there, so. Yeah, it was <laughs> – and, like, the three forwards on the ice did nothing to prevent any of those passes either. So, to pin to pin that goal just on one – that was a – that was a – Complete breakdown by all five guys on the ice. But Vlasic, that was a teaching moment. That was one where, you know, Luke's going to show him the video. And he's, I'm sure Vlasic knew right away, like, whoops. Yeah. I probably should have done a little more there. But, uh, you know, it's uh, it's what happens when you have a team that is devoid of talent. I don't want to say devoid of talent, but. Doesn't have the talent, the horses to, to hang with the top teams, and 
half of your defense are rookies, young yeah. rookies. Yep. And then you have Seth Jones, and then you have Jason, Jacob Megna, who looked okay his first couple games, but man, <laughs> the last few games, yeah, it's been not that, been great. That third goal, that he just uh, Elias Lindholm was just like, please move, just, and they scored just easily, brushed him off like yeah. he was a fly. And Jason Megna, Jacob Megna, is a big dude. You should not be taken off the puck that easily. Yeah. Just unacceptable. So, yeah, uh, it's you know, tough. I don't know if Connor Murphy, what his status is. He's skated a couple times and then not yeah. skated. Bottom line is, I love Luke Richardson, but he needs to stop trying to diagnose injuries. Yeah. <laughs> he told us Connor Murphy was minor. He'll be back the next day, and that was f- almost a month ago. And then Jared Tenorti was a minor, and he landed on IR today. So just just say, hey, we'll know more later. Yeah, it is uh, It is very tough to assess injuries. But you know what's easy, Greg? What is easy? It is easy for business owners to switch to electric vehicles, courtesy of our friends at ComEd. That's something that we can all get behind for the good of the planet and for the well-being of all of us who live on the planet. Hey, that's us. Yes. Yeah, you're right. The electric grid is evolving to meet your cleaner energy needs as you all move with confidence towards an electric tomorrow. Whether you have one delivery van or a whole fleet of shipping trucks, ComEd can help guide you to make the changes that make the most sense. So what should business owners do, you asked, Jay? I did. Well, I would say... I was pausing for dramatic effect. (laughs) I, it was telepathic. I, I heard it in my ear. <laughs> Go to comed.com slash clean to learn more about the resources, fleet rebates, and infrastructure incentives available to help businesses go electric. If you own a business, don't wait. Well, you could wait till after Nick Felino joins us. Start making your plan today to switch to electric vehicles. Good for business. Good for the planet. Good for all of us. Go to comed.com slash clean. Did you say comed.com slash clean? I did. Go there now and see how electric connects us to a better way of doing business and a better future for generations to come. And with all that money you saved uh, with your business, switching to electric vehicles, you can get some new floors with our friends at Empire Today, where you get shop at home convenience, the right product for your needs. That's a really great thing that they offer is the right product for your needs. That's not the wrong product for your needs. I need new floors. Here's some water. No, that's not helpful. I need floors. Empire's got you with their quick and professional installation and a low Price guarantee Empire today is the best place to get new flooring. So, of course, they've got people that are trying to be like them, but they cannot be beaten on quality, service, or speed. Empire is the only place you need to get your floors. Their philosophy is to help you find what you need and not overwhelm you with the thousands of choices and substitutions. What they leave out is just as important as what they put in. Empire's product team combs through thousands of samples every year to find you the perfect styles. And if you're not sure exactly what you need, use that virtual floor designer. You can see any space, any room, exactly how those new floors are going to look. It's awesome. It's easy. And you know, Empire is a Chicago institution. It's a company you can trust. They service their own warranties. So if a problem does come up, you just call Empire. They service all the warranties themselves. You don't have to track down a manufacturer's phone number. Schedule a free in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive a $350 discount when they use the promo code CHGO. Restrictions apply. See empiretoday.com slash CHGO for details. And now we are going to head out to United Center 
and welcome our guest, Nick Felino. His appearance is brought to you by our sponsor, Shift Hockey. Shift is bringing the professional custom stick experience to organizations across Chicagoland. Give your team the opportunity to build a personalized elite stick for a fraction of the cost. Find out more at shifthockey.com slash teams or stop by the shop on the third floor of Johnny's Ice House West. Use code CHGO for 10% off your next stick at shifthockey.com. Nick, uh, thanks for being with us after a, uh, a tough loss 4-2 to the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, no, that was uh, that was a tough one for sure. I was disappointed, obviously, in the uh, the start of our game, especially. It just that's two games, kind of in a, not in a row, but in the Minnesota one as well. We just didn't have the same start that we needed to have, and um, we got to figure that out. I mean, it's it's costing us games right now because we're just not as engaged as we need to be, and uh, you know, we're getting the result. We just heard from uh, Seth Jones before you jumped on. Um, Mario shared his uh, post game conference, and, and he talked about that first period. Uh, where you guys had one shot on goal and just sort of said it was embarrassing and it's it's got to get better. How do you, you know, and we know it's tough. There's injuries, it's inexperience, all those sort of things. But how do you get those starts better? And how do you, like, how do you prevent the message wearing thin if it's the same message every day with no response? Yeah, I mean, it's that's the disappointing part is we're well prepared for these games. It's not like we're, you know, we're going in and we're not knowing what we're supposed to be doing. It just comes down to a mindset, honestly. It comes down to how bad you want the puck and how bad you want to make a difference. And, uh, you know, I don't even know. I don't. I want to be careful because it's not doom or gloom. I mean, listen, it's it happens in, in seasons. Great teams do it as well. But, you know, for us, it's just such an emphasis because we're we're already behind the eight ball in a lot of ways, right? And we, we can't afford to put ourselves in that position. And one shot on net is not going to win us games, right? And, and already zero at, at one point. So we have to understand just how we need to play the 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 style the tenacity that we have to play with and it has to start from puck drop and that's just on guys personally getting themselves ready to 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 perform and do the job that the team needs them to do and there's no other real explanation for it it's not on coaching it's on individual players to to just dig in and you know there's no reason why we have one shot on net in the first period that's that's just not ready to play and that's just not engaged and not you know your head's not in the game where it needs to be and it's disappointing and it seems like a lot of times, too, if there's a bad goal that happens and or something like that, it's like our, 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 we lose all the air in our, in our sails, and that just that just can't happen. It's a, you know that maybe early on in the season, but we're we're well past that point, and we have to start rectifying that in order to give ourselves a chance to win hockey games. You guys get the big power play goal from Tyler Johnson. You you factored in on that with the 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 very athletic keeping at the blue line and then getting the puck <laughs> down low and. Then it looks like Colin Blackwell ties the game. Like oh. That puck was like, we thought we were going to hear the horn that they were going to go back and look at it, that it went in because it didn't make a sound. And then the Canucks come down and make it 3-1. I mean, what's it like on the bench after a play like where you think you tie it and then you're back down two in a, in a heartbeat? I mean, that's, that's the craziest part of probably this game, and that's what our team has to realize is for how bad we played, we were down by one goal had a chance to tie it and yeah it goes the other way but that's the breaks of the game right it doesn't go in you give them a little bit of a cushion now boom they're up three one and and that's you know it's it's hard those are the the but you know we respond and you keep pushing and you know you find ways but it's it, you, against a good team like vancouver who knows how to win and understands who they are that they're not going to give you many opportunities like that and then we pushed at the end listen you know i'm proud of, of the way we we pushed at the end but it's too little too late 
why are we putting ourselves in those positions? Let's let's be the team that has the lead for a while and holds on to it and, and makes teams try to open up and we score another one, right? Um, you know, so that's that's the frustrating part. Look at we we for how poorly we played, we were two one, possibly two two, could have been, um, but it's too little, too late. And and I think that's the the frustrating part for this group is that we're we're starving for wins. We're starving for good things to happen, right? And and we gotta understand it's it's not gonna no team is going to give it to us. Every team right now, especially after the break, they're all fighting for their playoff lives. They're all fighting to get in position. Um so no easy night is coming and we can't expect any team to give one away to us. So we have to dig in and, and be the team that takes every game away from those teams. Well, the last forty minutes, you know, the response was was better and it was a much more even game. And look, Vancouver is one of the best teams in the league. They are dynamic. They are deep. They are super skilled. But the last 40 were, you guys were right there with them. Take us in the locker room in that first intermission. And what was the mood? What were the, I know you can't get specific. You don't want to say exactly what you said. But, you know, what was what was the mindset in the room go after, after the first period there that changed things for the next 40? Well, I mean, Luke came in and blasted us, which we had every right to do so. So uh, there wasn't much that needed to be said. It was obviously disappointing and um, I think guys realize we have way more to give here. And that was pretty much the message. Dig in, get, you know, get to our game, get to who we are. And, you know, it's, it was disappointing that we even gave that, you know, performance in the first, but we have a chance to rectify it. We're only down one goal. And uh, so that was where, you know, I was proud of our guys for pushing back, but we shouldn't need those up. You know, that's what I'm trying to, like, we're trying to grow here, right? We're trying to, we talk about that, right? It can't be two steps forward, one step back, or one step forward, two steps back. It's got to be, okay, we, we've got the identity of a hardworking, nasty team. We know we're, you know, we've lost some players and are, you know, are, we're depleted, but you can, you can control effort. You can control work ethic. You can control the tenacity with which you play that makes up for some of the talent maybe that you don't have. So that's the the identity that we have to have, and we cannot waver from it. And, uh, you know, maybe tonight was a good lesson for guys to realize, you know, no matter that we scored three goals last game, whoop-de-doo, we didn't win the game. So, uh, you know, it's not going to come easy every night. we got to find ways to to force it in the net or force our, our game on other teams. And, you know, there's still enough skill in our room to win hockey games. And that's the, the reality that we have to realize, like, you know, get to is that, you know, we're not going to give in here. We're not going to just say, oh, here goes again. No. We're going to push back, and we're going to push back right from the beginning of the game. Uh, when I was walking into the United Center this morning for morning skate, I'm going to drop a name here, but walked in at the same time as Troy Murray, the great uh, color analyst on the radio, and we were Best. talking about the last game. And, you know, hey, they scored three goals last game. And his first question was like, yeah, and how did they score those goals? Like, this from in close, simple plays. Like, I know that's kind of been what's been preached most of the season, but – you know, how does that go, like go from you got rewarded for those type of plays and then you have a first period like that after tonight? Yeah, I mean, that's, I don't know. It's just a disappointing part. I, I got to be honest with you. I mean, that's where I made my living. So I just have a hard time not understanding why we can't get to the front of the net and, and understand how important those dirty goals are. What's the cliche? No one asks how, they ask how many, right? And then it's the truth. Like, who cares how they go in the net? They're going in the net. And sometimes they got to be ugly. Sometimes they got to be off a guy. Look at the, today. Uh, that guy drives me nuts, but it you know, goes off his foot in the net. Like, how many times does that happen against us? Where, where are, are those goals for us? If we're around the net, if we're shooting with purpose and looking for sticks, maybe those bank in off uh, on, in the net for us. So 
let's get that kind of mindset uh, where it's not the tic-tac-toe plays. Those come when you have the confidence and you back teams off and now they're opening up, like I said, because you have the lead and they have to try and get it back. So now you have a two-on-one or a three-on-one opportunity or a breakaway and you can make some pretty plays. But until then, you got to tooth and nail it. you got to get to the front of the net. you got to make it a nasty game and, and you know, kind of play chess with, okay, they're pushing here, we're pushing here. And, um, you know, that's the mindset that our team needs to have a little bit more of. And, you know, it, it's been building. Like, you know, I was encouraged by what I saw even on the road trip before the break and coming out of the break at one little at a downer period against Minnesota, but then boom, we come right back against New York and play some really good hockey. And, you know, it just seems like we, we have fallen back into old habits this game, which is just unacceptable. I'm so glad you pointed out that second Vancouver goal because it's exactly what we're talking about here, right? Like it doesn't always have to be highlight reel Harlem Globetrotters on ice sort of a goal. And like, do you think that part of it is the fact that the team is struggling so hard to put the puck in the net that maybe the thought is we have to be perfect to score? Like, simple isn't good enough. Do you think that could be maybe seeping in a little bit where just that 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 desire to be perfect where you're trying to force that extra pass, not you, I mean the team, is no, trying to force that extra pass here too. and there instead of just, fuck it, just put it on the net, you know? Yeah. I think that does come with, with you know, you want to make that play. You see it, and you're like, oh, I can make that. But you you know that right now we're just we're struggling. We're, we're not connecting on those. So, you know, as much as, yes, we're NHL players and we all have the ability to make those plays, it's just not happening for us right now. So let's simplify it. Let's make it – let's dumb it down where it's it's a lunch pail kind of attitude. And until we really – and listen, I'm not knocking we – have, we have really good players on our team, but we don't have elite – goal scorers we have connor we we don't have any guys that have really put up 40 goals in a year we've had some guys who have won stanley cups and things but we're, we're not talking like we have 100 point getters on our team right now so let's know who we are and and we have played to that identity and we have played to that so that's why the, tonight was just disappointing because it just felt like we were we were just not ourselves and we were just not connected we were not playing uh to the to the, the rhythm and the pace that we normally play at and it cost us it, it just allowed a vancouver team who's on the end of a trip maybe they're not really feeling like they want to give it all that much and all of a sudden now we let them off the hook right and now they're oh we're in a game where it's a little easy tonight uh, and now they get excited about playing we let their big boys kind of jump in so those are the 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 messages and the the lessons that we have to learn as a group and um, you know, tonight it's just disappointing because we're, listen, it's been a while since we won a game and it's starting to piss me off. And I'm sure a lot of guys in that room, uh, we're better than that. And no matter what we have in the lineup, we, we, we should still be finding ways to win hockey games. We've had some really close ones. We got to push it over the finish line. And that's really what it comes down to. As one of the leaders of this team, what are the sort of things that you and guys like Jason Dickinson and Seth Jones can do to, as these losses mount and even when, you know, in the game, like tonight, yeah, throw away that first period. It sucked. Everyone admits that. But in the games where you do play well and still come up short, how do you keep the young guys? How do you keep their chins up? How do you keep them committed to doing the right things? What kind of message can you give them? Well, I, I think it's it's energy, right? At the end of the day, we're not coming in here and downing ourselves. We got to figure out a way out of this. So you're, you're I, I'm always big on solution based. Like, what are we doing to to change the course here? What are we doing to get better? What are we doing to to improve as a team and as individuals. So that's the mindset. That's the talk that we have in the room. You can, you know, you can get negative all you want, but what's that? It's a useless emotion, frustration, useless emotion. So it's not going to help us get better. 
but we have to understand who we are and what our identity is. And you can't waver on that. There's a standard that we talk about, but you know, you got to stay upbeat and come into the rink tomorrow and look to get better. That's the opportunity that we have as a group here. We talked about that. Okay. We're, we're not where we want to be. We're growing. So every day is an opportunity for the Chicago Blackhawks to get better. And that's all that we need to focus on tonight. We didn't get it done. So tomorrow we get to work. We get, okay. We rectify what we did and didn't do well. And we put it into our work and our practice. And then we put it into our game against Pittsburgh and show that we've learned from, from what we happened, what happened tonight, you know, and, and a big part of it is honestly between the ears. I think, I think it's our group just being mature enough to come into a game like tonight and take over and, and not look back, not wait to see what the Vancouver Canucks are going to do. It's what are the Chicago Blackhawks going to do and how are they going to uh, adjust to us? And I think if we start getting that mindset and that confidence, that's going to what, that's, what's going to allow us to win hockey games. We'll focus on some of the positives from, from tonight. Uh, the special teams was a big factor tonight. You know, the, the penalty kill has really, since the flip of the calendar to 2024, been really good. I believe you guys have now perfect 10 for 10 coming out of the break, killing off penalties. You get a goal from the power play tonight. How important is your, your team that's really struggling to score goals right now as you're missing some guys how important is that special teams really be like that equalizer and keep you in games and help you win games? Yeah, I mean, special teams is huge in, in the NHL. And I, I am really proud of our guys because I think that sometimes is a point of uh, where your team's at, where your mindset's at. If you're not winning special teams and or at least competing hard in those areas, then sometimes it kind of gives you an idea of, of the, you know, the attitude that your team has. So are you taking a breath when you get a power player? Are you digging in to find a way to score one? I mean, our penalty kill is dug in to, to kill those penalties off. We take pride in shutting down other teams' top units, and their guys have done a fantastic job. So, you know, I love seeing that. And I think now more than ever, though, it's, it's finding a way on the power play with, with a, you know, a, a goal-starved team to get some, you know, tonight was a good step in the right direction. It'd be nice to get another one even in the game. Maybe it gives us a little breathing room, a little life. You know, there's no reason why we can score. We can't score two or three if we have opportunities. You know, there's enough skill on the power play to, to get that done. So it's really important. You know, all the great teams, they they have good units and they have their special teams clicking at a good rate. Um, our PK has done a fantastic job, and I think we want to get our power play obviously up to those numbers and. You know, we're, we're still working on it, but it was obviously a step in the right direction today with, with getting a goal. But, you know, we we are, you know, we had, there's a lot of emphasis on it. I think our coaches do a great job in the special teams department. Um, and it's an area that's going to kind of keep you afloat sometimes when, when your game isn't quite where it needs to be. Uh, earlier you said uh, that Luke came in and sort of blasted you guys in the first intermission. Um, haven't seen a lot of that from him, at least yeah. publicly. You know, is that is this uh, one of the few times he's done that, or has it become more of a common thing from him lately? No, it, it is. It's it's and it's disappointing that he has to come in and tell and do that. You know, I don't, you know, I don't think he, I think he knows when he needs to, and you know, I think he's a guy that's always stays even keeled and understands that approach, especially with our group and and the youth that we have. But absolutely, he should have came in and blasted us. You know, like that was so warranted. And if it wasn't him, it was going to be myself or somebody else. I'm sure in the room speaking up because. That's unacceptable. It's just not who we are. It's not the team that coach the the that Luke has coached and and has you know put a, a plan in place to have. And so I love when you see that from your coach. I think it's important. You know, he's in this with us. You know, all the coaches are, all, all the players. We're we're trying to figure out a solution here. You know, we're trying to move this forward. Um, 
you know, but, and, and it's, it's important to say, Hey, that is not the right way. That is not the way we're going to do it as the Chicago Blackhawks. And, um, you know, I love that he came in and blasted us. Obviously it's embarrassing that our coach has to do that, but it happens throughout the year and it's a long season and sometimes you need that emotion. Well, you've been, uh, you got one more? No. It's a- We've been super generous with your time. Uh, we want to end on a positive. We saw our buddy uh, today, Windy City Hockey. He's with us every show. Uh, drove up from St. Louis to see the Rockford game for Corey wow. Crawford's number retirement. Then drove up again from St. Louis today and talked to us in a press box. And he's got his brand new uh, <laughs> Nick, Fel- Nick Felino jersey. And he's stud. got the uh, the Felino hat on there, That's too. Nice. So uh, no, you're, you're moving support. some merch, man. That's <laughs> I've, awesome. no- yeah. I've noticed quite a few more 17 Felino jerseys since you signed that uh extension people are like okay it's safe i can go get one now i've been standing be on madison place. i've been standing on madison handing them out trying to get some people well, no. if you got if you got any fat guy sizes save one <laughs> yeah we gotta that replace was, this uh we need guys that actually play on our yeah, side here we yeah, got we, this yeah this 98 yeah, let's, one let's get a 17 over top of that guy there you go no yeah, somebody we'll was actually on the ice. that's a pretty nice jersey that's that's i think it's a little bit more warranted around here but uh that's also awesome news about Corey Crawford. Good for him for getting his jersey retired in Rockford. That's pretty awesome. I it was cool story. to be there, and you could see that's a guy. You know what? While you're here, I want to ask you about that because um, that's a guy who we feel is incredibly underappreciated throughout the hockey world as a goaltender. Like, obviously, two Stanley Cups here. If you look at the Blackhawks' leaders of all time, franchise leaders, he's right there at the top of all those mm-hmm. categories of, with an organization that has been blessed in goal. As someone who played against Corey Crawford, what are your thoughts on him as a goaltender and what made him such a tough guy to beat? I, I mean, I agree with you. I think he is kind of underappreciated. I mean, listen, there's so many good players on that team, the, the cup years, and, uh, but he was always a steady and a constant back there. And, and when he was hot, man, it was hard to beat him. I mean, it's not like, you know, he wasn't – he was a goalie that made some big saves at big moments in those runs and, and those years, so – um, and I've heard great things about him as a person, obviously from the staff here and the guys. So uh, it's, yeah, it's great to see that he's being recognized for his play. And, um, you know, I think anyone that's really knows hockey and knows those teams uh, realizes how important he was to that, uh, you know, franchise at the time and, and, and those wins. So uh, it's nice to see him get recognized. And uh, maybe you can confirm this a uh, bit of a red ass on the ice sometimes. Uh have a couple oh, words yeah. for the opponent now and again. <laughs> yeah, 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 he would get into it with you. I love that about him. I mean, I stand in front of him a lot of times. We'd have some good battles, so I love that about him. But it was the fire that he played with, and um, yeah, it was. It was actually. I I do remember a couple of run-ins with him, and uh, he he competed hard, man. And uh, I love that about goalies sometimes. Yeah, he's got that. He's got that intensity about him for sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, before we let you go, Nick, we want to remind everybody tomorrow is Valentine's Day, and Ooh. It's American Heart Month, so it's a perfect time to visit heartsplaybook.com and purchase your copy of Janelle Felino's book, Dear Heart, A Letter to My Special Heart. The Hearts Playbook Foundation was created by Janelle and Nick Felino to build stronger communities in heart health, support cardiac care centers across the nation in patient care, aid in the discovery of technological advancement through innovative heart research, and provide resources to other families in need. So check that out. And help Thank support you. the cause. Once again, that's heartsplaybook.com. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. It means a lot to us. So thank you. All right, Nick. Uh, have a happy Valentine's Day, man. And we'll see <laughs> you. Uh, the plan is for next Tuesday, I think, in studio. So yeah. yeah we'll see I'll that. We'll have studio. some fun. And hopefully yeah, we'll be getting ready for a certain player to return from a certain injury that we will not mention now. 
Yeah, that'll be nice. Uh, I'm looking yeah. forward to that hopefully yeah. soon here. And just see the rest him. of my body. He won't have my head. You'll get the rest of my body <laughs> next time I'm in. The there you go. Yeah, Thanks, we, we need less of ours and more of yours on the uh, screen. That's for sure. <laughs> Thanks. All right, Nick. We appreciate have a happy it, man. Valentine's Thank you. Day, everybody. See you. All right. Take All right. care. Thanks, Nick. Bye. That is Nick Felino live from the United Center. Uh, good stuff from Nick, as always. We appreciate him. Um, that was great. Thank you for everybody with the great comments. Um, you know, throughout the interview. Uh, I know he can see that stuff, so it's cool when you're cool. <laughs> you know, that's for sure. Um, but we, uh, I think we were going to hear, before we wrap up, do we want to hear from Luke? I think it's probably worth I could have that for you in 30 seconds. In a minute. Yeah, from the, I, this, the first we've heard, I'm sure it's happened a couple times before, but for Nick to say Luke blasted the team, yeah. I kind of am interested in no, hearing what he had to say. And looking at the video preview here, he is very red. <laughs> well, it's Valentine's Day. Um, yeah, I, you don't, like a lot of times he says, you know, he'll say like, I don't go in the room. I let the players yeah. handle it. But so uh, I get, we have it ready. Uh, thanks, Steven. So let's uh, hear quickly from... Uh, Luke, and then we'll, we got to wrap up our we'll wrap uh, things up, pay stuffs. off our segments, and go home. Well, Groundhog Day was a nice movie, but you don't want to see it every night here. How do you change this? Uh, well, you know, I think we've been proud on how the guys have worked over the last month, but uh, not tonight. That was the same effort, uh, you know, kind of the same results and pulling the goalie and putting a little pressure on at the end, but uh, not the way, the way we want to do things around here and uh you know, that, you know i mean that was uh i thought we started okay the first part of the game and, and it was a good first penalty kill and the penalty kill obviously has been the bright spot for us lately but uh right after we killed that first penalty it went downhill i thought they turned their speed up and their their want like their their um, i guess their uh determination level and, and we didn't we definitely didn't match it nor even close they really showed where, where they were are in the standings and, and showed us where we are so uh, uh, that's nothing to be proud of tonight uh, the way we played for sure other than Peter Seth seemed kind of embarrassed that he had to shoot that puck there at the end of the first just to get one shot on the board yeah and, and you know I think time's running out too we just we're, we're playing desperate on power play just to try and get maybe a shot and a, re, a lucky rebound that we can get possession so you know I think uh, we had a couple of chances early and we either shot and missed the net or didn't shoot it so uh, I think before that penalty kill so it wasn't like we were totally out of it early in the period we just didn't get them but you got to be it's the NHL you got to hit the net with your shot for it to count so um you know, I mean, and as the period went on, I thought they just, they ramped it up. We, we barely touched the puck, let alone get a shot on that. So, um, you know, I mean, I think, uh, you know, we really got to look at this game and and, and uh, not be happy with it, you know, be grumpy tomorrow and take that into the next game with the way more determination that we saw from the other team tonight. Some of it, just how good they are. It's one of the best part of it, yeah, part of it's that, but part of it was, you know, you let them, be that good as well like I think just I think uh, you mean when we started to chase a little bit I think what we're we've been so good at lately in the D zone is you know we've had some extended D zone coverages where we felt fell back to the middle and, and let everything be it to the outside uh, but uh, we were way harder we would hit and pin and scoop a puck and, and we did a few a little bit of that in the third period but 
uh, not nearly enough and, and not as much as we have over the last month. So you, you just you spend too much time there, you get tired and you make mistakes and, and your vision just becomes very channeled. And uh, you know, I think the, that team is a very good uh, offensive team and uh, I think the combination of us not um, you know, playing the style that we want to play in the D zone and, the, and they played their style to, uh, you know, or maybe not to a T for them, but pretty good uh, on our side. So the combination is not good. I think the Reichel line got hemmed in for like two and a half minutes. Anything those guys yeah. can learn from that situation? Well, we get it out the first time. There was about four times uh, in one shift that the puck should have been out. And it was on their tape in that red zone that I call it, just inside the blind. And we stand still and, and we panic. So we stand still and look just to pass it standing still weekly uh you know and it doesn't get out and, and if it does get out it might just get out but it's not enough for everybody to change or anybody to change uh, you know but i thought overall that part of the game tonight which we've been pretty good at most of the year uh, we were that was probably one of the worst parts of our game tonight it was the red zones and turning pucks over whether it be there or just inside just around their blue line and getting caught in their outnumber rushes. Their transition was excellent, as it has been all year. Uh, they have good speed and good uh, offensive guys with talent that uh, if you turn the puck over, they're gonna make you pay. We've talked about Korchinski's learning curve this year. And the fact that he's got those offensive instincts, and we saw it on the goal certainly tonight, but he said, you know, he's still trying to balance that defensive responsibility with the offensive instincts. Is that something that he just needs to learn through experience? Just seeing what he can do offensively at this level, but also how to find that delicate balance. Yeah, and we show him, you know, quite a bit of stuff. And Kevin shows a lot more, I think, uh, on the defensive side. Kevin Dean shows him a lot more stuff on the defensive side. But I think, you know, I mean, talking with, uh, uh, you know, everybody and helping him out a little bit here and there on the offensive side and, and showing him where his in instincts look like he wants to go, but he's a little hesitant, uh, you know, and tell him that's the right time to go and maybe the the wrong time to do something but I think even shooting the puck at the end six on five for us like he he should have shot the puck right in the middle and he passes it off the guy passes to him then he shoots it but the guy's in his lane and blocks him. so things like that I think hopefully uh, these repetitions are going to be good for him later down the road this is two out of three games you know, pretty poor starts is, is it up to the coaching staff to get these guys ramped up or is like such else like it's up to each individual like, how do you feel like, is there anything you can do to get things changed yeah no you know you try uh, optional skates and you try a full skate just to be sharp and make sure everybody's uh, up and moving and uh no i think it's you know it's up to individuals to start like we can't we don't have sticks we can't go out and play for them but you know we try and give them the best game plan that we can and uh, information on the other team. And I, I, don't, I don't necessarily think it was a bad start. Uh, I don't know what time was our first uh, penalty kill, but it was after that. And I think we killed the penalty and thought, okay, you know, uh, it, it'll come, uh, but it, it doesn't in this league, especially with a team like that. They're driven and I think we, we need to take a page out of that book. And I think we've actually, you know, maybe over the last couple games, uh, we've had low shot totals, but I think we've started games like uh, especially on the road trip before we came back home after the break we started games really well we just have having trouble scoring so then it does dwindle uh, probably on the confidence a little bit or the demeanor but um, this is a place that we need to start fast and, and keep exciting and keep intimidating and, uh, for the other teams and uh, you know we don't want to let that slide I think tonight was definitely a step backwards so we've, we've got some work to do to try and get that 
back and created uh, a tough environment for the other team. You mentioned intimidation. Could that, you know, with the Canucks in town, could that have been a factor at all with this team? Uh, I don't think so. I think uh, we, we, you know, they're not a, a mean team. They're just fast and, and aggressive and, and they want the puck and uh, they, they just won the puck battles. You know, I mean, nothing, nothing really intimidating, like physically like that, other than they just outskated and, and outworked us. So, uh, you know, I mean, it's good. Uh, it's a good reminder of how good this league is. And, uh, you know, we, we have to play over our heads some nights to, to win some games, but I think we have enough in the room, uh, you know, an experience and youth mix that we, we should be able to, to put up a really good game plan and fight most nights. And I think we have on the most part, but uh, tonight definitely was not one. So, uh, you know, I think the coaches have to look to find other solutions for the players and uh, the players have to go out and execute. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. There is a very red Luke Richardson after the Hawks 4-2 loss to the Canucks. And, uh, you know, in these moments, you we heard Nick Foligno, and he's frustrated, and, and Luke Richardson's frustrated. And I think their points are correct that the first period of this game is inexcusable. But I do think, as Clifford Reynolds in the chat says, so the Canucks are just far better team. Is that about the gist of it? Yes. Yeah, that's pretty much that it. That is the gist of it. But I will that's say... That's the gist of it most nights. Yeah, but I think the fact that you saw... The last 40 look a lot more even than the first 20. Give some validity to what Luke and what uh, Nick are saying of like, look, we've got to be ready to go. And yeah, there is a massive talent gap between these two teams, but it's not that vast that it should be NHL versus Pee Wee for, for the first 20 minutes of the game. Right. It should never look like that. No. This is the NHL. And there's NHL players on this team. We, we have seen this team go toe-to-toe with some of the best teams in the league. Yeah. They've beaten Vegas. They've beaten Toronto. They've beaten You said Tampa. best teams, though. Well, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> At the time, they were the best team. Like, yes. They've hung with the Oilers. They've, yep. You know, they took the New York Rangers overtime the other night. We've seen it. But yep. we've also seen the exact opposite of 
that like when they're toe to toe, it's fun, it's good. Yeah. But when they're getting outclassed, oof, it's it's rough. Bad. It's rough. All right, we got some super chats, and we're gonna pay off our segments, and we're gonna go home. Uh, first from our buddy Brad with the Ice Hogs. Yes. Says an update from Rockford. The boys pulled out a three-two uh, victory in OT over Texas. Haven't lost a game since you guys visited. The CHGO bump is real. Keep up the great work. Thank yes, you, Brad. Is. Thanks, Brad. And uh, Brad is the great photographer with the yeah, Ice Hogs. Awesome. He's the one that took the snapped the picture of the three of us chatting with Corey Crawford. Uh, outside the locker room yeah. the other night, so thanks Corey for that. Corey was starstruck, that's for sure. Yes, he um, was. And then uh, Ryan Miller hey, with a $5 chat. Ryan, did we finally trade for that, <laughs> Ryan Miller? Uh, Ryan, I saw your super chat, but I basically asked Nick the same question, so we didn't get to him with him. We're not opposed to that. If you want to send a super chat during Nick, if we think it's worthy, we'll read it. We don't want to be dicks, but if your question sucks, even if it's five bucks, we're not going to read it to Nick. But this is a good one from Ryan. He says, as a leader on this team, what do you say to a young team mired in a losing streak like this, especially with the injuries? Nick sort of addressed that towards the end. Uh, if you got in late and you missed it, check it out on the podcast. Go back and watch it on the YouTube. And while you're there, make sure you hit that like button for us. But yeah. we've got some things to pay off. We, do. we had our fourth star nominees of the game. They were Nick Felino. Tyler Johnson and Kevin Korczynski. And the winner, appropriately, on Punchki Day, is my Polish brother, Kevin Korczynski. I thought you were Greek. I am Greek, and I'm also Italian. But I'm mostly, actually, I'm not Polish at all. I'm adopted, for those that don't know. I don't have any Polish blood in me at all. <laughs> but I do on Punchki Day, damn it. <laughs> hey, you've got the name. That's what counts. Yeah, exactly. Polish by... Association. Association. <laughs> there you go. I've got the head size for it, right? Polish by adoption. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> so congrats to Kevin Korczynski and Hoosier Hawk. The winner doesn't matter because it's not me. Oh, it matters. Now, this I, I argue, but, you know, it is what it is. I think a primary assist should be more valuable than a secondary assist, but we went to the blue lines, and Greg wins because he had Nick Felino. I had Philip Kershev. Both had one assist. And uh, Nick had the bigger blue line, so Nick wins, and so does Greg. The, yes, the neither of their blue lines are great. No, but mine same. Nick Felino's was <laughs> slightly less bad than uh, <laughs> Philip Kershev's, and I will, for the record, will agree with you that primary assists yes. should be weighted more than secondary assists. But mm -hmm. as I argue, if you go back to that goal, that play does not happen without that keeping at the blue line with Nick Felino. Sure. So. Okay. So he had a bigger impact on that goal-scoring play because he kept the puck in, got it to Kershev, who then found Johnson. There you go. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. I don't get many of these wins. I'm taking it any way go. I can get it. And speaking of finding Johnson, happy Valentine's Day to everybody. <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap the show up. We are back tomorrow at 2.30. Reminder, diehards, get that uh, Discord chat ready. I'll be doing an overtime segment as soon as tomorrow's show ends. So make sure you join us for that. And by the way, we do want to mention, you, you probably heard it in the beginning of the segment, uh, new sponsor for Nick Felino's appearances, Shift Hockey. Check them out, shifthockey.com. Use that code CHGO, and you'll save 10% off your next stick. 10% I was off on stick. the Shift Hockey website. Those sticks are sweet. They're really nice. I want to get one. I definitely want to get one. Or you can go visit their shop on the third floor of Johnny's Ice House West. So do that. And we also want to remind you that we are powered by our friends at ComEd. It is getting easier for your business to switch to electric vehicles 
Learn more at comed.com slash clean. Thanks to Steven for running the show. Thanks to Nick Foligno for joining the show. Absolutely. We'll talk to all of you guys Thanks tomorrow. Thanks to Mario for getting that set yes. up. Yes. We Good job, Mario. Mario. Yes. Yes. Uh, we'll talk to everybody tomorrow at 2.30. The Hawks are practicing tomorrow, so we'll have news from practice. Hopefully another little update on Connor Bedard and see how things are going. A whole lot to join us in just a few hours. 2.30 tomorrow on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. We all city like the mayor.